You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For all things, for all things KC, KC, for everything Chiefs, it's always, game it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Thank you for joining us following that Chiefs win. We're going to get to everything we just witnessed. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. I am your host, Kayla Canaram. Joining me, as always, is Cody Tapp and Nick Schwert. Guys, are you not entertained? That Monday Night Game had all the dramatics. Let's dive in. Initial thoughts. Well, <laughs> so much to unpack. These are fun games right after. We're recording this podcast right after the game. And I don't know, there's like a million things to dissect. (laughs) What about Andy's decision to punt or their decision to go for two or the, the penalty on Chris Jones or all the other penalties that didn't or did get called? Seemingly kind of an endless list of stuff. And yet the key thing for any of this is the same thing that it always is when we come out of games like this. The Chiefs were down 17 to nothing. They were getting their ass kicked on offense and defense. They were getting absolutely bullied by that. And that penalty awoke over my dead body, Mahomes, who said, nope, nope, you're all going to lose now. Sorry, don't care about the rest of this game. You could see him clenching his fist like right after that play. And he's just like, oh, no. Oh, man, you made him really mad. That, that probably that probably wasn't a great that probably wasn't a great idea to, to to do that, and now that's where we ended up because the Mahomes comeback thing never ceases to amaze me. This stat says it all. Just just real quick, and then I'll let you react, Nick. The fact that he is now twelve and eight in games in which he trails by ten or more points after the first quarter, and the combined winning percentage in over nine hundred games in which that has exi- existed since Patrick Mahomes came in the league is 150 probably tells you all you need to know. It's just him. Only he does this. It's not everyone. It's just Patrick Mahomes. I think it's actually, I don't know. I don't know if the fans, because there's three different things. There's the, there's the penalty that I think pissed off the fans. The fans then booed for roughly 20 consecutive minutes. (laughs) And then every single time, Carl Sheffers had to make a call and there were plenty of makeup calls in that third quarter. So he was talking a lot. His voice was quivering. Shout out Carl Sheffers. I know we'll get more into that later. Yes. But I actually think Max Crosby, who was incredible, two sacks, oh, yeah. three tackles for a loss tonight for the Raiders. His, uh, him not understanding that you probably shouldn't piss Patrick Mahomes off because he was chirping at him the entire game. Yeah. I'm convinced that when they had the shot of Patrick Mahomes on the sideline saying, I'm here, I'm here. I'm like, that was to Max Crosby. That was you to can, Max Crosby. And it's like, you, 
you may want to, I know you guys do a lot of tape and you're scrubbing the film each week, trying to figure out what to do. But one thing that's sort of evergreen year after year, regardless of the chief's personnel is don't piss number 15 off. And that's what he did tonight. It's, it's just like, you could see it to the bitter end. Even when he's like jumping in on the Travis Kelsey postgame interview on the field, you can see that he's still just like wound up. Like, like it just, the second that happened and the look on his face, I was like, Oh no. That's when, by the way, uh, just if you're a Chiefs fan or just a casual, if you're just listening to this because you wanted to hear some Chiefs content after that game, or you're a Raiders fan, um, if you see Mahomes make that face, I would suggest taking the money you have available in your bank account <laughs> and putting it on the Chiefs, not to just cover whatever spread they've made up, but to bet them to win because that's probably what's going to happen. How many you know, times have we seen that face? Oh man. Every single time you see it, it's followed by something historic. It, it's it's the Kayla. It's the notion because it's not that we've never seen this before in sport. It is the exact same dead eyed look that Michael Jordan gives to guy. It's the exact same dead eyed look that Tiger Woods gave to guys on, just the, say on that, the golf yeah. course. It's that in truly special elite players, Tom Brady too, in truly special elite players that have that. They are fueled by their hatred. And if you piss him off, he does not play worse or frustrated or make bad throws. All he all he becomes is a cutthroat. Like that's that's the only way to describe it. They they were down 17 to nothing, and they had the lead by about what seven minutes in the third quarter? Like it didn't even take it was like the Texans playoff game. It didn't even take that long. And it gave us another all-timer Mahomes gif. I'm here. It's a good one. Fire me up. All right. That's just, oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're going to be all over the place. I know. I know. (laughs) We'll try to keep this train on the tracks. Obviously, Cody, as you just said, Chiefs trailed 17 nothing on the wrong end of that atrocious call and still win. Mahomes was nearly perfect in the second half. Give us your thoughts. What do we want to say about this other than Mahomes' magic? I mean, that's the simple thought of it. Again, I think some of this is just simply um, his motivation in those moments to ruin worlds, and, and that that works. But credit to a lot of the guys around it. So the only guy in offense tonight that definitively wasn't working was Clyde. They tried. Oh, man, did they try <laughs> to just keep giving it to Clyde over and over, over and over and over and over again. And in, uh, of those 30 plays, it felt like they gave him two worked. But Jarek McKinnon was massive in this game. MDS had his best game as a chief. Juju Smith-Schuster made a couple of great catches. Travis Kelsey obviously had four touchdowns, so that's not bad. Like, they, for everything, I think what, um, here's where I stand on the offense as far as I don't want to hear the post-Tyreek conversations anymore. Because when you're down 17 to nothing and you don't have Tyreek Hill as the firepower, that's when we thought they would miss him the most. Uh-oh, what are they going to do? They can't just recover from all their bad stuff. But instead, they threw it to everyone else. They threw it to MVS and Juju and Kelsey. They used Jarek McKinnon. They just used everybody on the offense. And to their credit, despite the fact they were getting absolutely railroaded in the first half, the offensive line played quite a bit better in the second. Not perfect. They certainly got pressure, but Nick, they played they played better, what quite a bit better in the second half. What was the conversation you just said that you never want to have? Can you repeat that again? The offense after post Tyreek Hill. Oh, okay, because that's actually what I want to talk about right here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna do it one more time. All right, Kayla, Nick, time. 
Ayla, you said on yesterday's podcast, well, the one that came out Monday, this one for Tuesday. Sorry, my days are getting mixed up. You said that you wanted to, and I'm paraphrasing here, you wanted to feel great about the receivers, not good. Yes. Right. You just felt good about them and you wanted to feel great. I still just feel good, but I think that is going to be enough. I didn't come away like MVS had his best game in a Chiefs uniform, even though he gave, he gave you the full experience with yeah. that drop late in the game. It's like, ah, see, that's kinda, that's kind of what people like to talk about. You had the doink off Clyde's helmet. I don't think I've ever seen a passing doink. Usually those are reserved for kickers only. I know we'll get to kickers, but I mean, <laughs> it's I'd rather drop a pass than have one hit me in the back of the helmet, which is exactly what happened to Clyde. I came away from this game saying, okay, Mahomes didn't make a ton of those alien throws where all of a sudden he's off his back foot and he's slinging it across his body downfield. There was one that, that one on that first touchdown drive to get their first points. Nick, that throw was, that was really good. Pretty crazy. The chiefs offense was good in a, in ways that we usually talk about other offenses and other quarterbacks in that he wasn't having to be a hero and there weren't a lot of receivers making just incredible individual plays. It was more about just taking the easy stuff. That's what we started to see them do even in the, at the end of the first half and Jarek starts getting going and he starts running strong. And then all of a sudden it it was, it was never, there there weren't a ton of highlight plays other than the Mm -hmm. touchdowns. It was just good football and him sort of taking the easy stuff, which we don't normally talk about when we talk about one of those typical historic Mahomes performances. Yeah. And but, to your point, Nick, for a good game, it, the offense felt very kind of out of sync almost. They even said it on the broadcast. And yet that's still a good game for us is an out of sync offense, which is crazy. That's the standard, right? The standard in Kansas City is different, whereas you expect everything to be a well-oiled machine and humming, yet you can come away from a game where you scored 30 points and say, I left a few out there. So halfway through the next game, because again, the stupid league's 17-game schedule makes the, we're a quarter way, we're a third, we're a halfway through, conversations suck, because you're always just like barely off. Um, But somewhere between a quarter and a third way through the season, which is where the Chiefs are right now, they are the number one scoring offense in the NFL. And they only scored 17 points against the Colts in week two, so or three. So if an off, this is the same thing, but if an off game for their offense is Mahomes throws 300 yards and four touchdowns and no picks, I don't really know what else to tell you to do or to worry about. We'll blame it on the receivers. I, I didn't even mention McColl, by the way. I forgot to. He had four catches for 73 yards, too. They threw it to, he completed passes to Gray, Watson, Moore, McKinnon, Edwards, Alaire, Kelsey, Schuster, Hardman, and MVS. That, I mean, yeah, Nick, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not. Look, I know that their top in talent's not as good. I know I'm never going to feel as good about their wide receivers as I did with Tyree Kill until they find a different superstar, but this works functionally just as well. Maybe it doesn't always look as cool as you want it to, but it functions just the same. They're scoring more points to the first five weeks than they were last year. This is they're currently averaging more points per game than they did around the same time as last year. So, I mean, it just it tells the whole story because no matter who is around Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid right now, they will still score. 
Well, that brings us to Travis Kelsey with four touchdowns on the night. You guys, I think his stat line is my favorite. Seven receptions for 25 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> what a night. And on Mama Kelsey's birthday, for, no less. Like, he was getting sick of he was getting sick of seeing all those Jody Fortson lines of one catch for one touchdown. He's like, you know what? <laughs> Hold my beer. I'm Travis Kelsey. I can do that times four. <laughs> How about know. this? How about this? Travis Kelsey had four touchdowns. <laughs> he had seven catches, most on the team. Four touchdowns, obviously the most on the team. He was fourth in receiving for the Chiefs. He had less mm-hmm. receiving yards than MVS Hardman and Juju Smith Schuster. Somehow that shouldn't be possible. No, but. What's amazing about it is Josh McDaniels this week had the quote that said, we're going to stop Travis Kelsey. And I guess kind of like you almost got there, man. You held the yardage down. Nice work. You forgot, however, he is a, um, he's a big red zone target. And you might not want to leave him open. Look, one of those was just Kelsey earning a touchdown. He almost fell down, kept his balance, three stiff-armed his way all the way to the end zone. That's just Kelsey being... The greatest tight end of all time. Can we talk about two blocks on the way? What's weird about Travis Kelsey sometimes is that it never looks like he's moving that fast. No, yet he's running by everyone. I don't get it because on that play, I was like, he's. I was, but I was delayed. I was delayed, and I saw all the tweets coming through. I made the mistake of looking at my phone, even though I knew I was on a thirty-second delay, and I see Kelsey touchdown. So then I start watching the play, and I and I saw him catch the ball. I go. How many guys are going to fall down in order for him to, to get in the end zone here? It doesn't Dude, make any sense. It's like the opposite of Mahomes. Mahomes always looks one step faster than everybody who's trying to get him. Kelsey looks one step slower, and they both convert the same rate. <laughs> it's just, but this is like honestly, I we we every time we talk about Kelsey, it's never been hot. They're just there's no, there's no slowing down in his game, and I don't know if he's motivated by the same things like. You know, one Baltimore Twitter account being like, it's Mark Andrews and no one else. I won't even have a conversation about somebody being in there. And then he's like, eh, screw it all. Just go score four touchdowns. Or if he just is who he is, because it's, you know, like, I don't I don't think there's any debate left that he's the single greatest tight end of all time. I don't need him to pass Tony Gonzalez in receiving yardage. Tony Gonzalez started when he was four years younger than Travis Kelsey in the NFL. He just did. Through the same amount of years in the NFL, the stats aren't close. Kelsey's got him on yards and touchdowns and catches and yards per catch, et cetera, et cetera, and accomplishments. The only guy who he doesn't have for that same stretch of time is Gronk on touchdowns, just specifically touchdowns. He's the greatest tight end of all time. So it's it's not surprising to me that he takes over in those moments and that Kelsey can still rely on him in the red zone. You know how hard it is to get four touchdowns in the red zone when everybody knows they're going to you? He already had three. That's what was so confusing. Why isn't anyone on him in the red zone? <laughs> uh, you know, look, I, this was a game um, kind of surrounded in the like, hey, what you doing? And, and on both sides, because like when you got in the red zone, you're like, whoa, no, 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 no. What are you doing? What are you doing? You got to cover Travis Kelsey. But I found myself asking that about like, oh, no, you left Rashad Fenton one on one with Devontae Adams. Don't do that. No, that's a bad that's a bad plan. That plan won't work. Right off the bat. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I feel like there was a lot of that in this game. But I think what happens is like when you get in the red zone, like we hate Andy in the red zone at moments because he'll get cute and do this stuff. But it's also why Kelsey sometimes is still wide open because you're just not, you're not totally sure what he's going to do here. 
you just you're just a little off that you're like he's not really gonna go to Kelsey again. He must know that we know Kelsey exists, and they just do it over and over and over again. He's never had four touchdowns before in a game, so this is obviously a standalone, but still incredible what he was able to do. I know we save our vibes check for uh, later in the week, but I am curious. Did you guys come away from this game in which 24 hours ago, we all thought the Chiefs were going to win comfortably? More (laughs) along the lines of how did this happen or by any means necessary? Because there are two, you could be glass half full or or glass half empty. Did I just say glass half empty? Eh, Close enough. You changed it. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to though. You know, I'm not going to correct myself. I stand by what I said. (laughs) How do you guys feel about this? Because this wasn't supposed Um, to be a close game. It goes back to what I said. Divisional game. You cannot sleep on divisional games, which I thought we could because of their one and three record and our three and one record. And just the way the Chiefs, you know, are able to complete games. But yeah. Okay. If you had asked me, Nick, going into the game, uh, I'd feel worse, I guess. But I saw how the game went. They were down 17. There was an egregious call. Um, and they bounced back. I mean, they just, they rebounded. Like, they still gave up. I mean, look, I the, if you ask me my vibe check on the defensive backfield, worse. I feel worse about it and their ability to guard Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, I can, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, if he's available. Like, my vibe check there is worse, probably, going into the Buffalo game. But as a team, because of divisional games and because I saw they were down 17 nothing. And legitimately, that might have been my only remaining fear left of the post Tyree Kill era is when you're dead, when, it, when it's desperation time, having Tyree Kill was the best safety blanket of all time. It just was. And now you, Kelsey is the guy everybody knows they're going to go to. And still in this game, he had four touchdowns. Everyone knows he's the safety blanket and they still didn't do it. And I think the Chiefs could have won by more. I, I, I just think if they're, if, if, Matthew Wright had made some earlier kicks if they had, um, you know, I think they go for that fourth and three. Like, I think they could have won it by even more. So I'm not, I, I feel good. It's a playoff. It's it's not a playoff team, but you know what? The Raiders are or were one and three going into the game and now are one and four, but they haven't been a laughing stock in any game. This isn't the, this isn't like a lot of other teams in the NFL. Go back through their schedule. They were close with everyone. So they stay close with the Chiefs. They just don't have enough because McDaniels isn't a good enough coach. Well, this is probably going to be overshadowed, but we've got to talk about Matthew Wright's kick at the end of the half. Uh, Mina Kynes tweeted, I think, I like to think that kick was powered by booze. 59-yard oh, field, uh, field goal. That's a Chiefs record, Kayla. Chiefs record. The history books will remember Matthew Wright's time as a Chief. We don't know how much longer it's going to be. <laughs> But he will forever have his name etched in the Kansas City Chiefs rich history book. I I guess I didn't think he I I on I was sitting on the couch. I'll be very honest with you. I was like, if you're going to kick this, you have a better chance of making it with Justin Reed. <laughs> like, my thought was just from like a leg power thing. I'm like, Matthew Wright's not getting it. 59 yards. Oh my God, what are we doing? Like my initial thought was like, he can't kick it that far. They said he made it from 56 in pregame. That's his career long. And well, um, I watched him kick in the first half and it wasn't great. So I thought, no, he meant, you know, like he's barely, barely making some extra points, missing others. And you're just like, this isn't going to be good. 
But that kick could have saved the game. I, I mean, they were already yeah. on fire. I feel like they still win it, I think. But, like, that was the last push of whatever momentum they needed left. Bad call, touchdown goes down, and then they get the ball back because of everything that's going on funky there for a little bit, and they have a chance at a field goal. Remember, they got that ball back at, what, 18 seconds? Is that what they got it back at after the punt, 18 seconds? There's no amount of time in which apparently the Chiefs can't score, and in this case, 18 seconds. 13 in the playoffs last year, less than 20 seconds this time. I, I guess kudos. Did that save his job for another week while we wait for Harrison Butker to yeah, was, never uh, heal? Four-play, 34-yard drive in 17 seconds. Yeah. Four-play, 34. Which was directly after the drive where we saw the roughing the passer penalty mm-hmm. that resulted in three points for the Raiders. That was, was low-key. Yeah. Like, that, that kick by Matthew Wright, all jokes aside, was one of the three biggest plays in this game. It was 100%. It was. I can't. I can't. Look, it was shaky. I'd still prefer Butker was out there and healthy. But that play potentially changed the game. I mean, it just. What's that? Who's Butker? I don't know. Did he? (laughs) uh, Like, by the way, obviously, they were like, why didn't they put him on IR? But I'm pretty sure he just got a setback. So Butker makes that by like 15 yards. Take your time. Take your time, Harrison. Get right. What's Look, his record for the record? <laughs> not 59. Yeah, That's Matthew really? Wright. I want to say it was 56. You just wow. With Patrick Mahomes, if it's like fourth and two for 59 yarder and like there's time left, don't waste your time, right? Just let him get the two. It has to be like the perfect storm of it's the end of a half. And I think at that moment, they were like, let's get some points. But he had already missed. Nick, he missed from like, 50 earlier in the game, it was just so shaky because he made the extra point after the first touchdown. I think this is the one I'm remembering, right? He made the extra point after the first touchdown and it kicked off the upright end. So you're like, okay, well, um, 59 yards. So I guess it's going to be 20 to seven going to half and we'll see where it goes from there. But it was Nick. It, it very, I don't know which ones I would rank above them. It was a third down pass. The one we talked about the Holmes one up there, obviously the final defensive play. Um, where they knock him out, or just the missed Devontae Adams catch is one of the biggest plays of that game. But Matthew Wright is right on top of that list. But this is one of those games that has like 10 of those plays that you can go back to. Wait, is Matthew Wright him? Am I doing that right? Is Matthew oh. Wright him? Kayla, don't let him. Don't let him. I Honestly, I don't pay attention to this stuff. I, I don't understand where this came from. I don't know why everyone keeps doing it. Kayla, we're counting on you. Is this a TikTok you. thing? I know, I know. To make I should know this. And I don't. I'm sorry. You guys don't think that was cool? It's. Well, how do you say it again? He is him. He is him. Yeah, Matthew. Wright. I don't think you know what, Nick. I, I take. I'm not, I don't think you're allowed to say that after giving me a hard time this week on our radio show for saying cuffing season. If I'm allowed, if I'm not allowed to say that, you're not allowed to say he is. I'm him. much younger than you. Let the record. <laughs> <laughs> Significantly more youthful. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right. Well, Tough we're one. actually going to now back up to what led to Matthew Wright's kick. And that is, of course, the biggest talking point from the night, the roughing the passer penalty against Chris Jones, Arrowhead Stadium. I I didn't know what was going to happen. I honestly thought like fans were just going to like march on the field and take out Carl Sheffers, who, by the way, should have a very strong security detail with him following that game. However, we'll get all into it. But you guys, had that not happened... Do we still win the game? That completely changed the momentum in that stadium and for the Chiefs in general. I I don't think that's a bad question, but the answer is yes, because he was getting ready to get a strip sack recovery when they were still only down seven. Like that was the momentum. They, They got it right there. He got the huge sack of car and forced the turnover and they did it. But it certainly drove them to a different way to win because I... I mean, I've watched a lot of Chiefs games. I've been covering the Chiefs in Kansas City for like seven or eight years. I've never seen the crowd influence a game that way. He, no. Carl Sheffers was like, he was speaking in tremors. He was like, uh, uh, no foul. It's fine. Wouldn't have blocked in the back. It's fine. That was uh, see you guys later. Like, it was like so uncomfortable. They started, they got together four times to try to decide if it was intentional grounding. And it was for what it's worth. But they're like, Guys, guys, if we don't call this intentional grounding after sitting here for so long, is this going to be bad? <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to be overdramatic. I know sometimes we get in these games and you get in this moment and all those and you want to like be hyperbolic and say those things about it. But that is one of the worst calls I've ever seen. It's on par with the Derek Johnson Ford progress call. It's that level of bad. It's insane. He just or how about him. the one we saw 24 hours ago <laughs> in the Falcons and Tom Brady? It was like, worse than that one. Like Cody, we don't have to go back very far and in, in <laughs> just just in Sunday time to find another example of this. And so, like now that you've had two horrendous calls that are just almost identical to one another in back-to-back games. Like people are on high alert now waiting for this to happen. And like, there's part of me that you're right. Like there's, you have a tendency to be hyperbolic, but there was part of me every single time a quarterback was touched the rest of the game. I was like, Oh, or every single play. I was like, oh, they're going to reach for a flag in the second half to the chief's favor. The third quarter, it was like, Oprah, you get a flag, you get a flag, you get a flag. They were throwing everything at the way. <laughs> I was like, actually, hey, Take it easy on us. We're gonna we're gonna even things up here in the third quarter, and then we're gonna get back to normal in the fourth. <laughs> like we'd still like to get I dinner after this. Please, please, please. We would like to get something to eat in public and not be because you joked <laughs> about getting a security detail. I don't. If they lose that game, Kayla, I'm not sure it's a joke. No, he might need a wig and a mustache. People gonna wear Google. Wig. like Inspector Gadget trench coats with the glasses and the n- fake nose and the mustache. Like sitting somewhere at the plaza trying to get a salad tonight. It's I, I, and you know what you know what and you know what pissed me off about this like so like the, the call itself is, is egregious. Sheffers sucks. He's the same ref who called that penalty that led Travis Kelsey after a 2016 playoff game to say that ref doesn't even deserve to wear stripes at Foot Locker. So mm-hmm. it's not like Sheffers doesn't have this reputation or specifically with the Chiefs. But I'm not gonna lie. I was laughing because six straight flags going to the Raiders, including what ended up probably being could have ended up being a game deciding because it led to a touchdown penalty on the hold for the field goal attempt that was missed. 
Um, Chris yeah. Jones had a rough night with that the was officiating crew. Okay, having a rough season. What is the deal with the NFL True. and their hatred towards Chris Jones? There's a clip tonight of Max Crosby in Patrick Mahomes' face, and it just looks like he might as well just be like, you're such a punk. Like, he is in his face. Yeah. And the refs are like, have a nice night, Max. <laughs> like it was, it was a poorly officiated boys will game. Be boys. Yeah, it was poorly officiated on both ends. I'm not going to say that the Raiders fans aren't going to come out of this and be like, "What was that holding call? What was that?" There were missed calls on both sides the entire night. Just none was none was more egregious than the Chris Jones one, and I didn't like it. Was I thought it was bullshit that the entire broadcast spent this time trying to justify it through the prism of the Tua injury. Why are you protecting the league? This has nothing to do. One has nothing to do with the other. It's not a quarterback got sacked. Therefore, we want to protect them now. It's a team saw a guy concussed and didn't put him back in the field. It felt league protecting when the broadcast started to go down this road of, you know, what, maybe we're just going to call these now because Tua got hurt once. It's not about the fact Tua got hurt. It's that you let him play football after he got hurt. Everyone knows football players get hurt. That's not the mystery. It's the, are you going to let him play? It was just like, I mean, I've seen the Mahomes quotes after. It wasn't the greatest call in the world, which for Patrick Mahomes standards might as well be like, it was the most egregiously bad call I've ever seen in my life. I've never heard him be critical of a call ever. We okay. got to see Andy fired up about it, though. Oh, Mr. my God. Even Steven. Yeah. Kayla, I love I've, fired up Andy Reid. I've oh. seen fired up Andy a couple times in person. It's not great to be on the receiving end of that. I don't remember what I asked him about. I think the, the the maddest I ever saw Andy at me, and he was 10 times as mad at Carl Sheffers, was uh, end of the year press conference after they had lost that. Uh, I don't remember which one. Steelers game. I think when Justin Houston was in coverage on Antonio Brown. And I had asked him at what point of the offseason would he, does he typically evaluate his staff? Which was my polite way of saying, you going to fire Bob Sutton? <laughs> he did not. He did not like that. So it turns out day after playoff loss, not so much. He circled back two questions later and said, when I get questions like that one, you pointed right at me, <gasps> that one. And I was like, uh-huh. all right, well, back off of that line of questioning. Did you? I mean, I've never I don't. Have you guys seen him that mad before? On a not in memory. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, you, going back to your original question, Kayla, like do the Chiefs win without that maybe but there were also i believe eight penalties called on the raiders in the second half yeah so yeah maybe they they score on that play and it's and it would have been what 14 to 17 at that point Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you're probably feeling pretty good coming into the half but you can't tell me that game would have been officiated the exact same way in the second half where the Mm -hmm. i mean a defensive holding call on a field goal. When have you ever, on a missed field goal, when have you ever seen that before? And again, I'm not saying the reps were just like, nope, we're calling it, we're calling it, we're calling it. But you know how those things can sort of snowball. And it's just tough for me to imagine the intensity by the Chiefs and the way that game was called in the second half being the same had that call not been made in the second quarter and then seeing the effect that it had on not just the fans, but then the ripple effect that it had on the team. Dude, it, and the ripple effect it had on the crew, man. It just, they let the officiating crew have it, have it for 10 straight minutes. That was one of the best things I've ever watched on national television. 
Arrowhead Stadium collectively booing for 20 minutes made me so proud to be a Chiefs fan. Dude, it just made you wonder, like, if they, like, if they don't do, like, it was just like every call was like, ooh. Like, for them, you were like, hope you choose right. They were booing. The fans were booing when they were making, when they were calling flags against the Raiders. I know. (laughs) Just like, boo, shut up. Just for speaking. Just for existing in this world. It was like, I, it was so like, why good. Why the NFL draft? You know, your team could be drafting a future franchise quarterback, but you're going to boo the man who's making the announcement. This feels like such a good emotional boost for this team. I know we'll get into the bills later. This feels like such a good emotional boost for a team on a short week heading into their biggest game of the season. Like at least of the regular season. They're the only two teams with one loss in the AFC. The winner of this game might be the front runner for the AFC. This, the emotion in this game feels great. Feels great going into Is that a good thing? Is that a good thing to be riding an emotional high like that going into a game where you're going to need to give every single ounce of energy that you have? I think so. I mean, I'm sure players would tell you different. Like, you know, typically you're saying like, if you're riding it that there's a letdown getting ready to happen. It's kind of like what I brought up in the last episode, which is, you got the Buccaneers, which you knew they were getting up for in Tampa, the place where you lost the Super Bowl to the team you lost the Super Bowl to. You got the Bills in two weeks, which is your biggest competition in the AFC. And then you've got this massive rivalry game in the middle. And we expected this game to be a blowout. It was tight. It was awesome. And I think like right now, this feels awesome and like a great lead into what should be another big week. But it's like, isn't it tough to to maintain that energy level for three consecutive weeks. I actually like that it was a close game. Had it been a blowout, I think we would have been overly confident going into Sunday's game. I like that we had to fight for this win because it showed us that, yeah, the Raiders are not actually going to be a gimme game like we thought it was. So Mm. I like that it was close because it's a little bit of both worlds. We got the win, but we still need to fix some things. The one... um... Yeah, I get what you're saying, Nick. I mean, again, it kind of rides. But the perk of winning the game is the Bills game means a lot, um, but it doesn't mean as much as they would have lost. What if they lose and then you're heading to play Buffalo and you could fall to three and three? And like, it's like this game takes it, it. Not only are they riding an emotional high, it takes pressure off of this game. You don't have to walk in there thinking, oh, God, we better get it. The the pressure's lower than it was going into this game. From, from that reason alone, I think, just because of the way that this is going to go. But I don't know. A lot of it is just like, I, you know, because we're doing this again right after the game. You get a couple of days and you sit on that Buffalo game, you might start feeling a little bit different in a couple of days. Well, we're going to keep moving here. Um, guys, the defense rallied in the second half, playing the majority without Frank Clark. What are our thoughts on that? By the way, he was out with illness and then comes back. Don't know well, what's going that's on there. Frank. He gets stomach yeah, problems, man. <laughs> as, somebody who, as, a, as somebody who's lactose intolerant, I, I'm not oh, no. going to allow us to uh, besmirch that. Smirch Frank Clark's stomach problems. I have a weak stomach as well. You never I know. Sympathy when... for you. Thank you. Can't guys. you just take some pregame tums or something, Nick? Like before it's I go drink some whiskey, I take some heartburn medicine. You know, I plan no. ahead. Is that really what it was? It's so he has like some sort of like 
Yeah, so he, this is a long history with Frank. This is pretty much why he only misses time anymore. He never has like a hamstring anymore. He even said to us in training camp that he'd stop drinking and eating red meat. And for the first time in a long time, he felt like maybe those problems were behind him. Turns out they're not. Now, it might just be, you know, football, a very violent sport, also agitates some inner part of his body. But yeah, anytime it's illness, it's he has stomach issues. And I don't know that it's a main problem, but the defense stepping up in the second half doesn't change that. Nick Bolton was everywhere. And at least we had to stop seeing, I know, you're a big, big Mizzou gal, Kayla. M-I-Z. <laughs> he, he was everywhere. He, he just was. And they stopped picking on Fenton quite as much. And... The rookie corners' names were getting called as much. And weirdly enough, a player I wasn't intending on saying had a big impact in the turnaround of the defense in the second half, Colin Saunders. Was I the only one who saw him break up multiple plays at the line of scrimmage? I I forgot he existed on the roster. What's weird is you look at the box score and you say, okay, well, they only had four drives, the Raiders did in the second half. Two of them went for points, right? They went punt, field goal, touchdown, and then obviously their last drive of the game. But they were killing the Chiefs on the ground. Josh Jacobs had his best game of the season. 21 rushes, 154 yards. We joked about Travis Kelsey's stat line being hilarious. Devontae Adams' stat line is similarly hilarious to me because yeah. if you would have told me without looking at the numbers, like, what did he do? I would have said, oh, seven for 160. He had three catches. <laughs> Devontae Adams had that three was it? catches. But for 154 or 124 yards, excuse me, and two scores, and, two and he abused he abused Fenton on that one. Like Fenton was trying to hold him, and he couldn't. Even, he wasn't even like close enough in the coverage to hold him. Nick, he's like trying to grab at his waist, like, oh god, please don't go. And then he split the two rookies. He went right in between. Well, that was a he played Cook and Watson. That was a perfect throw. It was, was a perfect throw by Derek Carr. So there's part of me that said, well, it was really. Your run game, which has been sort of your saving grace all season, your run defense, and that one play to Adams in the second half, that one catch by Adams in the second half is really the only explosive play that the Chiefs gave up. Other than that, it was just they were just getting gashed on the ground. And they were still getting gashed late. I mean, Jacobs was still doing work late. It was still a problem. And I felt like a lot of it, some of it was just that there were big open lanes and they're getting bullied a little bit, but they missed. Six, ten, six to ten tackles tonight, right? I mean, it, it, it had to be around there, didn't it? There were several other times that I think they would have gotten off the field with a punt and didn't because of missed tackles. By the way, you know, we're doing this again right after the game. I don't know if you guys saw the video after, but Devontae Adams has apologized for a guy he pushed over. Did you see that? Nick? Thank goodness. Devontae this- Adams shoved a mic guy. He now says, sorry to the guy. He didn't even say his name. Sorry to the guy I pushed over after the game. Obviously very frustrated at the way the game ended and the way he ran in front of me as I exited. And that was my reaction. And I felt horrible immediately. That's on. That's not me. My apologies, man. Hope you see this. You know, you could probably just reach out to someone. <laughs> Not just, man, hope you see this. That's a Are you still in the stadium? You know what's funny is that Devontae Adams, when he was in Green Bay, was universally lauded for being one of the nicest, most thoughtful players. He was always incredible with the media and always super thankful and Etc. Etc. Raiders for one for him to be the guy because you know this the thing, and this is going to turn into like a big you know hand wringing fest over this. That's assault. 
like they're going to some... He's fine. He's fine. He got shoved. I'm, <laughs> sure he I'm sure he's more confused than anything. But what's hilarious to me is Hunter Renfro is the man that caused. That's the man that we should really be mad. At. He's the man who caused Devonte Adams to shove that poor, poor audio guy. They should also find him. They should find Hunter Renfro as well for this terrible, egregious mistake. Oh my God! That's that's the worst apology ever. By the way, dude, obviously I'm sorry, so inauthentic. He just said, "Hope that guy." He just says that guy, and then he's like, "Hope you see this, man." Nick, the <laughs> idea of like, okay, so Kayla, uh, I was on a golf trip all weekend, uh, just like two hours out of town. We weren't even that far, but I, I, uh, I, at, I saw your master's moments, hat in our last podcast. Yeah, I, I crashed. You were still in golf mode. I crashed a high school reunion at a bar the final night we were there after a little bit of drinking. I can't just send out a tweet and be like, "Ah, oh, man, I shouldn't have crashed that reunion." Hope you see it. No, you you have to apologize to the people directly. And the NFL is not even that hard. It's not like they don't have a list of the people who are working on the sideline. They could probably find out that guy's name. Like, just, I like the idea. He's just like, hope you see it, man. Like, oh, man. Do you think he'll actually get a game or do you think he'll just get fined? Uh, I'll bet he'll get suspended for that, right? Really? You shove a staff? You can't shove. A, I mean. If that were a football player, like if he would have shoved a Chiefs player, I'm thinking he would have been fined. You shoved a freaking um, audio guy, a sound guy. You can't, you, you get suspended for that, right? I, maybe. I don't like the people who try to compare it to the Willie Gay situation, which is a very different situation that has a lot more complexity to it than this situation. And we've seen before, the NFL is a lot more forgiving, Nick, when it happens on a field. Don't know why. Except if you're purposely running across the field. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, by the way, we have the official pool reporter response from Carl Sheffers. Would you guys like to hear it? <gasps> Please. Please. Yes. Okay. Question. Can you explain the play of Chris Jones sacking Derek Carr was called roughing the passer? Sheffers, the quarterback is in the pocket and he's in a passing posture. He gets full protection of all aspects of what we call the quarterback in a passing posture. So when he's tackled, my ruling was the defender landed on him with a full body weight. The quarterback is protected from being tackled with full body weight. My ruling was roughing the passer for that reason. And then he said, then he got asked it. He said, but the ball came out before he landed on the ground. He said, no, because he gets passing protection until he can defend himself. So with that being in the passing posture and actually attempting to make a pass, he's going to get full protection until the time he actually can protect himself. He just keeps saying the same things over and over so again. So he's defending his okay, call. But here's, here's why none of it matters. Because before Chris Jones even landed on Derek Carr, the ball was out and Chris Jones had it. At that point, he is not a passer. He has fumbled the ball. Chris Jeffers Jones is claiming because he was in a he was gonna pass it, so we gotta give him protection. You're like that's no, past you tense. That's past that tense. He is no longer passing the ball. He doesn't have the ball. Did Jones strip it or yes. was it he knocked he it out on his hand? While landing on him, he's holding the ball sticking an arm out to try to brace himself and, oh, I don't know, recover the ball he just got. Is there some dumb bylaw in a referee handbook that means you have to refuse admitting making one wrong call? Because I happen to remember, like, and look, we can make fun of other sports for a lot of reasons. Um, the baseball umpire, who unfortunately blew Galarraga's perfect game, one of which would have been less than 30 in Major League history, he went to a podium teary-eyed and was like, Oh, man, guys, I screwed this up really bad. 
I ruined a person's perfect game because I screwed up this call. And they're like friends for it now. It's okay to say, look, if I had hindsight, probably wouldn't call that. You know no what it is? No one's getting less of you. You know what it is, Cody? It's the South Park rule. Have you have you ever realized that South Park puts the most offensive show ever made on television? Oh, yeah. And nobody gets mad at them anymore? You know why? They never apologize. They never apologize. They never apologize because they know if we apologize once, then people are going to come to us for an apology for everything. So our response is going to be no response at all times. Therefore, you can't get mad at us when we don't say anything. I feel like that's exactly what NFL officials do. If we apologize now and we admit mistakes, then it opens the door for us having to cop to every single bad call that we make. And they don't want to do that. I just like the idea that you would watch that call and be like, nah, man, nailed it. Like, oh, Carl, you can't. There's no, look, there is no way he goes to bed believing that. I, I've convinced myself into some real lies, like, I, you know, convincing yourself about real, you know, but there's no way you can just lay your head down in the hotel tonight, presumably where they all stay, like the Intercontinental. And he's just like, God, I could not have done a better job tonight. It was great. I crushed do they have, and you're like, do they have to? Do they? have to stand by what they do on the field. Could do they ever come ba- back and say that was on me, That's, made a mistake? Nope. Nope. I've never seen it. Not uh, this league. So yeah. Sounds nice. We shouldn't and, have expected it. You know what? I think we should all subscribe to this. Let's never admit any mistakes we've ever made. I've made no mistakes. <laughs> Flawless human being. Not gonna not plan on making any more moving forward, as a matter of fact. I always own my mistakes. Not anymore. Not since Carl Schaeffer's won that one. We're turning over. <laughs> New leaf. New leaf, Kayla. <laughs> Done. Yes, we're, we're handling this different now. Before we get out, do we have to do do we have to do game balls? We've got uh, game balls. Finally. Wait, so I'll we're doing first. game balls today. We did winners and losers yesterday. Yeah. What it, we keep changing the rules. That's I like it. But it is game balls. Podcast. We can it's, change the rules. Sometimes it's winners and losers. Sometimes it's game balls. Tonight it's game balls. Just depends on the day. Yeah. I don't remember who went first last time. You want to go first, Kayla? I'll go first. I'm picking the obvious here. Travis Kelsey, four touchdowns on Mama Kelsey's birthday. Let's go. That the fact that they showed that sign that said uh, Travis Kelsey is my hall pass on the television broadcast. (laughs) I mean, just very good. Chef's kiss. I mean, he's pretty much all of Kansas City's, but um, <laughs> like a large majority of people, like Nick's included, it turns out. Like oh. that's his only agreement with his girlfriend Lindsay. Just, just Kelsey. Otherwise, you got to stay faithful. But for both of us. he followed yeah. me on for, Instagram for, for like a week once and liked one of my pictures and then unfollowed me. Oh. What? You had a good run. Oh man, this that is was like time 2014. To <laughs> okay, Kayla, I think we got to call in the favor now, though. Knowing that you have a good relationship with Chris Jones, there is no better time to talk to him. We got to see if he'll give us some time this week. If he will, if he'll give us five <laughs> minutes, we'll take it. We got to try. But- I don't know if I should say this or not. I sent the uh, Twitter DM and I didn't get a response. <laughs> Look, sometimes that happens. It was Raiders week. It was Raiders week. Maybe yeah. we just needed to get past that. It was bad time. This is right. a circling back situation. Hey, yep. that was a bullshit call. You got five minutes? <laughs> However, exactly. this works itself out. Um, I'll try okay, again. So you're Kelsey, you're Kelsey game ball. Nick, who do you yep. got? I mean, I think feel like there's only if, if Kelsey's not available, there's only one other option. And it's Matthew Ray. 59 yards. 
longest field goal. It's the longest, but it's also the greatest field goal in Kansas City Chiefs history. Screw the roughing the passer penalty. That was the fire starter <laughs> that got the Chiefs going in the second half. They rallied around their stand in kicker. Who cares that he missed one? Who cares that the Chiefs probably didn't even trust him enough to go for it at that last touchdown of the game? He made the one that counted the most, 59 yards. History will remember Matthew Wright fondly. That was, I mean, honestly, the way they laud Matt Amendola, they're going to really enjoy Wright because he hit, he hit not a game-winning kick, but what kind of felt that way? I like it. I think you two missed an obvious one. I would like to give this week's game ball, and I think my second-ever game ball, I'm, I'm giving this week's game ball to Hunter Renfro who gave better coverage on Devontae Adams than I saw all night. <laughs> Look, man, it was fantastic. He's down there, he's cutting him off at the point of attack, not letting him get downfield. That worked out fantastic for the Chiefs. I Hunter Renfro wasn't even good in the game, and then he took out Adams for their chance to win it. How Thanks, about guys? Derek Carr asking for the flag on that play? <laughs> what do you want him to do? Call OPI? I don't know if you saw how that went down, bud, but there wasn't a lot of contact between Chiefs defenders and Devontae Adams. That would have been after after the way that game was called. Offensive pass interference, Hunter Renfro, uh, like on his own guy? What do you mean? <laughs> You're like, yeah, we're going to give it to him. We're going to push him back 20 yards, though. It's double because it was yeah. against his own guy, but they still get a chance. Sorry, guys. It's fourth down now. It was just like he made a huge – that was a huge play for them. Did that I'm solve not- our cornerback question from the last podcast? Uh, I still got questions there, but if Hunter Renfro's available, it looks like he might be able to we'll play some. Out. Might be able to play some strong safety. Not gonna lie, that was a good <laughs> cutoff at the point of attack. <laughs> Where were those routes designed to go? How did they end up running into each other at the most pivotal <laughs> moment of the game? That's what I'm saying, man. If it weren't for that, if it weren't for Hunter Renfro not knowing where to go, that sound guy wouldn't have gotten shoved tonight, and Devontae Adams wouldn't have had to issue an apology. So. He gets the game ball from Kansas City, but he is the GOAT for the Raiders. Dude, they they didn't have a single receiver play well outside of Adams. And like you pointed out, Adams only had three catches. It just happened that two of them were very long. On a on a side note, we found out that Mac Hollins exists t- tonight. I'd never heard yeah. of it. They threw it his way four times for zero catches, zero yards. So we learned he actually, something. You know what? He, yeah, and he's very much got the look of wide receivers who have zero catches for zero yards. Everyone's got a different kind of look to him. That's his vibe. You know, we'd vibe, vibe check now. Like, his hair is not long enough or short enough. His mustache isn't good or bad enough. Um, indescript. Like, just feels like the kind of guy who would go, we threw it him three times. He was good for zero catches. Kayla, we got to go. He's stealing vibe check, so we... I was going to say, <laughs> we save something for the other podcast. Cody. All right, we'll do that the next time. Vibe check the next time. Um... Yes, we're going to put Raiders week behind us because it is Bills week, y'all. So we will be back with you on Friday for a game preview. Obviously, this one's coming out Tuesday with the Monday night game, a little wonky schedule. So we will be back with you Friday. Do not miss it. That is Cody Tapp. He is Nick Schwartz. I'm Kayla Kinnear. This is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Have a good one, everyone.